Doughboy Podcast, where we are champions of the common man. I'm your host, Buster Caballero. Thanks for tuning in. We sit down with certified good old boys and discuss how they're doing life, how they're getting by, their tips, their tricks, and getting down to the how to live life right by good old boy standards. So, sit back, relax, fix your cocktail, and let's get to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Good Old Boy Podcast. I'm your host, Buster Caballero, and as always, welcome to Home of Good Old Boys. How y'all doing out there? Today in the studio, we got my guest, Mr. Troy Chase here. Um, guy, once again, I've been I've been rolling through some... I got to, I got to say this. I got a good hood. I got good people. I got a bunch of good guys in my hood, and everything, a bunch of them have volunteered. So, man, I'd love to come on your show. I'd love to come on the podcast. And man, they are here. So here I got another guy right here, Mr. Troy Chase. He's a realtor in the Clear Lake area, the Galveston, Houston area. Troy, welcome, man. Thank you, man. Uh, I'm honored to be on the show. I've actually... Uh, listen to a few of the podcasts and man I, like i said i told and you, you came on this train wreck yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> well like i was like i was telling buster is his voice is just so smooth on this i love it i just love how he just is oh roar, roar, and he just he just it's like he's inviting you in and oh I man you, you gotta try and be welcoming and you gotta of course at the same time i try and bring that voice down a little bit whenever i first started i was sick so my voice was kind of down so now i'm like i gotta try and keep that up yeah everybody a couple of people will be like why are you talking in your podcast voice i'm like i don't know <laughs> so, i like it well i Which love it out. thanks man i appreciate mm-hmm. it. how you doing bud great man um how about you oh dude i school's over yeah and today was the last day and i got my little boy he's got one last day but he's at like strawberry field so that that's i'm glad it's at an end Mm -hmm. everything's calming down it's kind of quiet camps are coming up now so a little bit of fun what about you you your kids are how old your kids man i got a i got a daughter uh cameron she's three and a half years old Mm -hmm. and um i'm just happy because now that school's out my wife's home so yeah. she gets to take care of her. Is she a teacher? Yes, she is. All right, what does she teach? She, she's actually a, a learning technology coach over at uh, Clear Springs. Okay. And uh, she is basically it? teaches other teachers how to use technology in classroom and integrate it into their lessons and stuff. Oh, like that's that. cool. Yeah. My wife was actually, a, she was a speech pathologist, and she did, a, she was part of the AT team, with which uses like assistive technology for uh, people who have impairments and things like that to yeah. help, you know, but yeah, man, it's, that's good, helping that technology and stuff like that to, uh, to get these te- these teachers better, because man, they need it. Yeah, help. They need Always it. help. Either that or like, here's some new technology, or here's a paddle and a belt, because <laughs> I think that might be more effective. Yeah. I I agree. I, uh, you know, back in the coaching days, the coaches used to talk all the time about how they used to give licks mm-hmm. and just how much more discipline there was out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I bet you there's a lot of teachers out there right now that wish that they could go back to that. Yeah. Well, uh, Jack was here the other night, and we kind of talked about that too about the discipline aspect of things. Yeah. About now, a teacher like a student can student can hit a teacher. A student can do all this stuff, and they can't do shit back yeah Yeah. which in my eyes 
that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Of course, now before you'd have parents being like, "Oh, why did you do that? Why did you hit that teacher?" Now you got, "Why did you hit my kid?" Because mm-hmm. your kid's a little shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, plain and simple. Yeah. So yeah, I, you come from a coaching background, yeah, huh? I sure do. Um, funny you mentioned that because uh, there was a situation a couple years ago, and this kid, uh, I just happened to be walking down the hall, and uh, this kid, one of the principals, asked me to go see what this kid's doing in the locker room because it was a female uh assistant principal couldn't go into obviously the guy's mm-hmm. locker room so i went in there and then heard him come out the the other door so i followed him out and uh the principal kept asking him to stop you know and, and yeah. talk and uh the dude just kept walking ignoring and i was just like wow like just complete and total yeah. disrespect and so then i walked to get in front of him and kind of cut him off and he went around me and then i put my arm out and he walked into my arm and he says, "Get your hands off me." And I was just like, "Dude, uh, yeah, would you just stop, stop and listen? Yeah, and just find out what what is going on. Like nobody's accused you of anything yet. Yeah, and you're just being just completely. You're being more suspectful doing that. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. Some shit's got to change. Yeah, I totally agree. We, we need to bring back a hard ass principal. You know who we need? Who? Joe Clark. Yeah. We need Joe Clark back in here. Stand by me, man. Come on. Mm-hmm. Somebody who ain't going to take no no shit. Lock, chain the doors, you know. Mm-hmm. That was that's a great movie. Oh, but that, I love that's, that movie. That's needed nowadays. So, mm-hmm. like I said, you come from a coaching background. Yes, sir. What's your, what, give me your background, man. Give me your. Well. Because we, we've traded. Uh, We've traded conversations in our in our men's group, I guess our, our mom's group, men of Marbella. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've traded conversations. We got to know each other. Yeah. Uh, you met actually my in laws first, and they they told me how oh, wonderful you are. And my my mother in law was like, uh, "You need to get him on the podcast. He's a great good story." I was, I'm like, "Cool, you got it, mother in law. You're right. Yeah, yes, ma'am. So yeah. that's awesome. No, I I do remember uh, meeting her. She is the sweetest sweetest lady I've probably one of the sweetest ladies I ever met and, and it's funny too because <clears throat> you know usually at those uh those open houses and stuff was actually where I met her um usually people are like don't talk to me like I know you're just mm-hmm. here to try to sell me and she just opened up and it was a we had a great conversation but uh getting back to my my background well uh contrary to what most of the good old boys on this podcast are I grew up up north Oh, um, we got a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Wait, how up north? Like Michigan. Oh shit. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you tuning in. This is gonna be a short one. <laughs> nah, dude. Nah, that's good. As I said on one of my first episodes, good old boys come from everywhere. They're they're you know no race, creed, color, background, location, none of that. You're a good old boy. You're a good old boy. So mm-hmm. you know, so Michigan down to Texas, dude. That's mm-hmm. how did that happen? Or well. Uh, funny you mentioned that um, because basically what it came down to was I went to college and I, knew, I wanted to be a teacher and mm-hmm. most specifically a coach because of football uh, what football and this this goes right into the good old boy stuff is that that sport alone basically took me from being a little boy to being a, a young man mm-hmm. and because of that it, it created this you know, love for this for the game, for the sport, for what it does, mm-hmm. for what I think develops America's youth and what separates us from a lot of other countries. And uh, so, basically, how am I going to be able to then pass that on to somebody else? Mm-hmm. And so, I got really passionate about coaching football. 
And so went to school, got my degree at Western Michigan University, Bill Broncos. Um, yeah, no one knows where that is. So. Go Broncos, man. <laughs> um, so we uh, graduated from there with a physical education degree. And when I first got out, <clears throat> we had uh, we did some out-of-state job fairs because there was an overabundance of teachers in Michigan mm-hmm. and not so many in Texas. So luckily I saw there was a lot in the Houston area and I wanted to either go to Florida, Texas, and California. Well, <laughs> Split that difference. Yeah, exactly. And what, what, best, what better place to go learn uh, football than from the best yeah. coaches in the country? So that's why I decided I was going to come to Texas. And, uh, and that's how I ended up down here. And I ended up at, uh, <laughs> I was supposed to have a job at Aldine, one Aldine ISD. And uh, luckily, uh, didn't believe this at the time because I was jobless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came down, I thought I had a job offer. Turned out I didn't. Um, moved down, had an apartment and everything, and didn't have a job. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. So the day that uh, Coach Tommy Kaiser got back from, from uh, coach's school, I want to say late July, he told me, uh, uh, he called me up. I'd sent out my resume to everybody. I'd put on a suit and just showed up at yeah. people's desks and said, hey, go. I heard your job. heard you got a job, so uh, please interview me. I hear you got some boys that need some whooping in the shake. That's <laughs> right. That's right. And so I ended up uh, working with Coach Kaiser. Coach Kaiser reached out to me right after coach's school and said, hey, we got a spot for you over here. So that's how I ended up at Tomball High School. Okay. That was my first gig. So, nice. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> we took them from, uh, I believe, one and nine first season, and then we were three rounds deep in the playoffs four years after that. And it was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful transformation. Yeah. And I loved it. So I didn't know. Who's it? Well, let me ask you this. Who's a coach that inspired you? Like, or do you have one that, like, hey, this was my coach. This, this is the guy that, like, turned me, got yeah. me. You know, he, he's the one that inspired me. Yeah, it's either usually a high school, college, or something like that. So, yeah, who was that for you? That was uh, for me. It was uh, Scott Barnhart, mm-hmm. which, believe it or not, he's just he's a JV coach, right? Really? Yeah. So, um, you know, not nothing. You'd think that it'd be like a head coach or somebody super significant, and then mm-hmm. but Coach Barnhart, he was he was significant in my life, and uh, <clears throat> it basically came from the I. When I first started playing football, um, I wasn't a starter, mm-hmm. and I worked my tail off in order to become a starter. And I was able to get that position because somebody on the team got hurt in front of me. And so then I filled in that role and thrived in that role. And uh, he was like the first guy to really be like uh, when the when the guy came back from injury, where he was like, "Dude, you've earned this spot. You yeah. didn't. You didn't just." roll into this spot just just happened you're not here because we need you exactly you're not a you're not a, a seat filler exactly that's good yeah and so that kind of that was like my first moment where hard work really started to pay off good yeah no, that's that's really cool I've, I've and i've heard this and we can talk about that later and i think it's funny like with these coaching with coaches and what they can do and like bringing these young men together and how they bonded and uh Mm -hmm. i didn't play football i played Mm -hmm. golf because well we knew the bartender yeah (laughs) (laughs) shit yeah we're gonna play golf after school uh you know i'm gonna go walk nine Mm -hmm. vodka sprite and i'm good to go you know or lemonade or something like that and take off (laughs) Mm mm-hmm 
I loved it. I wasn't a starter. I wasn't anything. I flew under the radar. I had a blast. You know, I got credit. I was in the picture in the yearbook. But uh, and and I, this happened on the other podcast where I went to my dad's uh, reunion, where they're still like my dad's seventy five. Mm-hmm. His coach is eighty five, and they're still getting together every year. And it's like their their senior football team is together because it because that coach like brought them together oh wow and and made them some winners yeah so it's and it it, coaching is not an easy thing and Mm -mm. i uh in some very crude form i i had that experience with my little boys uh baseball team mm-hmm. and at first whenever he started playing these sports i never played baseball I don't know. my wife was like are you gonna volunteer to help and coach and all that stuff i was like i don't know if i have time and she was like oh you misunderstood me you thought i was asking <laughs> so there i am first day with him how you doing i'll help do whatever you gotta do but i've learned and i've mm-hmm. watched and i've had some good people and uh these past two seasons uh working with lou uh you know lou davila mm-hmm. lou's barbershop uh shout out to them Watching him coach these young men, and what these what he's done with them, and what he's taught me, and the other coaches is like, hell yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I like. I see it now. I yeah. see why people want to be a coach. I see why people want to mentor these youths. I was I was sitting there talking with him, and I see my middle boy Gus running the bases with some of the other kids, and they're just all playing. He's three, mm-hmm. and I'm looking. I'm like, that's my t-ball team. That's where I'm going to start at mm-hmm. with some T-ball. So, you know, we'll probably go to state. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Start the, it, Great things come in uh, threes is what yeah. I was always told, district, regional, and state. So there you, <laughs> there you go. I like that, man. I like that. So – so how long were you a coach for, and how long did you coach for? Coach for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, oh, I want to say four years or so at uh, at Tom Ball, then came down to Clear Lake for two years, and then uh, Falls for the rest of the time. Um, and, and that was one of the things uh, that I found is that after we had made that transition at Tom Ball where we went from one and nine to, to three rounds deep, <clears throat> one of the things that I really thought – was important was to be able to find programs that were struggling because Mm -hmm. what I found is that it doesn't do me any good and it doesn't do them any good. If I come into a program like a North shore or a Katie or anything like that, where they're already established, like I'm not really making that much of a difference with them. Mm -hmm. I want to come into the schools that are struggling a little bit and do and make a difference. Give me a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was really where I came in with that. Um, I have a buddy of mine that was my college roommate, and he came down a year after I did. He ended up at Klein Collins High School, and he won all kinds of games over there. And I, it was always funny to me. Um, he'd always kind of give me some some mess, you know, the old elbow. Mm-hmm. Hey, when are you guys going to start winning some more games and stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just a little ribbon between boys. Yeah. But uh, I always said, man, I, I'm, I'm never – I'm not jealous of you at all. Um because I, I think like I feel like I I'm more needed here, mm-hmm. so I always uh, I really always enjoyed working with the, with the teams that struggle. Yeah, and you see a whole lot more out of it. You you know too when you're looking at some of these teams where they're struggling, or you know that's not easy on these kids. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, these kids like when they're struggling, if they're not winning in a sport. Man, they don't need to get yelled at. They don't no. need to. You need to be like, look, guys, 
I know it. You know it. Now let's go do something about it. Let's one play. Let's get one play. Mm-hmm. Let's get one. And I'm going to go to, you know, let's get one sack. Let's get one touchdown. Let's get one stop. Let's get one turnover. Let's do, let's get something. Mm. Just get that one. You don't need to win the game, but show me, show me the fundamentals of it. Mm-hmm. And if you can get the fundamentals going all day. Oh yeah. You know, that, that boosts their confidence. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because I'd, in one of our, just in going back to, you know, this baseball, five, six, seven year olds. And after a play where we had just, our, our goal is we want to go up right away. Mm-hmm. And I think we were losing like five to one. Mm-hmm. And we brought all, the kill, brought all the kids in, took a knee, sat down. And I'm like, man, what is he going to say? And he looked at me and says, guys, calm down. This is a game. Play fundamentals. Make stops. Get outs. Y'all can do that. We do that in practice all the time. You do that in games. Y'all are nervous right now. Calm down. Let's go get some hits. Let's do damage. Next thing you know, we're up 15 to 5. And these kids have turned, and it's like, that's amazing to see. It is. It really is. That's the thing that, that's, that's the moment, like, I remember there was times in, in, in ball games where – and it's funny because it's, for other people that may not – like they may be just up in the stands or whatever. We get into those people. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, they don't see uh, – they don't see like how how significant it is. Like say it's like that one win that that we had that first season at Tomball. Like, like it was the very last game of the season. And I was basically in tears um, mm-hmm. because it's, I was just so proud of how far these guys have come. Yeah. And and I'll tell you what, it's really hard going 0-9 and, uh, and and trying to find a way to keep kids motivated mm-hmm. because they hear it in the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, they hear it at home. Yeah. You know, they hear it everywhere. They hear it from the stands. That's right. They hear it on the Facebook. They mm-hmm. hear it on social media. They hear it on all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they don't need that. Mm-mm. That that's. I don't want to call that. I don't want to call this. That's that sideline. That sideline bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's the part. That's the guy in the stadium in the in the bleachers. Mm-hmm. Who's calling, telling you that was a bad call? That was a bad play. That was all. Awesome. Where are you at? Mm-hmm. You're in the stands. Mm-hmm. I'm in the field. Now, they got some shit coaches out there. I'll say that. Yeah. They got a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. And in the stands, you got to be able to be there going like, come on, boys, turn around. Come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Short memory. Turn it over. Get to Do what you got to do. You can't be screaming. I'm like, come on, boy, get your... Doesn't work. It does not work. Mm-hmm. These kids, these young adults, these te- they're teenagers. They need that shit. Mm-hmm. And the people in the stands who are just, I don't care if you won state and you're in the stands, you're not on the field, you're not coaching. If you wanted to, if you had that much vital information, volunteer, mm-hmm. go get you a team, go be an assistant coach, go be the dugout mom. I don't give a damn what you wanted to go be the water boy. Mm-hmm. Go put some skin in the game. Yeah. You know? And I'm getting tired of that shit. Mm-hmm. So. I will say, uh, there was a moment uh, in Tomball, again, um, where there were the fans made a big difference. Uh, I still remember 
it was uh, C.J. McGill's dad. I still remember this guy, Mr. McGill. And uh, at one point in the in the season where it really kind of broke out, he he stood up when the whole all the stands were quiet, and it looked like we were going to lose a game that we probably should have won. And he stood up and he started saying, "We believe." And everybody else in the stands got up with him and started saying, we believe. And the, the what happened on that field in that moment was just unbelievable. And we ended up coming back and winning that ball game. And they actually, they put that on T-shirts. And then just the whole mm-hmm. atmosphere changed. So just one little bit of positivity yeah. can just change everything. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Because when the fans aren't happy... They're they're not happy at the coach. They're not happy at the players. Not, but boy, when they rally around, when they rally around everyone or a statement or something, or it changes. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Yeah, that's just like rowing a boat. Yeah, I mean, you got oars in the water, and if all the oars are going in different directions. Where's yeah. that boat going? Yeah, spinning in circles, most likely. That's right. Yeah, man, I like that yep. analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you use that more often. <laughs> so. But now, you're no longer a coach. Mm-hmm. You got out the game, mm-hmm. and you jumped over. Yes, sir. What made you pivot? I, really, it's a mindset change. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it really comes down to to my daughter. You know, we talked about her a little bit before, and, and actually mm-hmm. the fact that your wife is in speech therapy, I'm very thankful for her mm-hmm. because they are the people who, um, you guys probably don't know, but my daughter was born with severe hearing loss she was born deaf and uh so we were freaking out because at four months old um not only did could we not afford her in the first place mm-hmm. when we had her who can yeah exactly i exactly. mean not just your daughter yes but, yeah seriously but, uh, please go on no. Yeah, no. I, I get you yeah i feel you bro and uh we're freaking out because we don't know how we're going to pay for these medical bills mm-hmm. and uh you know my wife and i are both educators both have bachelor's degrees. We've done everything right up to this point, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're living the American dream, and we can't afford to pay for the things that we need for our daughter mm-hmm. in order to, you know, can hear, like for hearing aids, mm-hmm. stuff like that, to be able to learn how to speak and all that. Because, I mean, that really slows down development. Yeah. If you can't get your, your kid to learn speech and mm-hmm. be able to interact and communicate with people. Right. So... What we um, we started doing is uh, we had we actually had to do a GoFundMe and it killed me because I hate asking for mm-hmm. any sort of uh, charity and uh, so we did that and we were able to get enough money to be able to uh, to get some hearing aids for her. and then we found out about a program at the Center for Hearing and Speech up in Houston so shout out to them because they've they've been life changing for us mm-hmm. um, and in fact. Uh, the proceeds of the profits and stuff for that that from my real estate business is it's directly going back mm-hmm. to that particular program center hearing and speech in Houston and uh <clears throat> they uh they were able to loan out hearing aids to and and get her on the path to get her cochlear implants oh nice so we're very thankful for them that's uh, great yeah they got us through and uh Dr. Dayton Young at UTMB uh, did her surgery twice, uh, no problems, and she speaks like a 
like a normal three and a half year old now. So oh, that man, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and so the whole mindset change came. You know, why is it that I'm doing everything the way I was told by my parents to do to provide for my family, and it's not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and because uh, it's a different time from when you're. It is. It, it, it love you. You love your parents. Your parents were the best for you, mm-hmm. but they're going to tell you what they know. Yes, yes, sir. And uh, and and yeah, I do. I love them to death for this. And this mindset change came basically where I need to find a way to do something on my own in order to uh, provide. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love coaching, it became a selfish decision for me to to spend. You know. 80 hours a week uh, during football season, you mm-hmm. know, doing that um, all summer long. You know, coaches don't have summers off. That's a no. that's a fallacy that people don't seem to understand. And uh, it was very difficult. To, you can't supplement your income when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had to find a way to provide. And so I started thinking about real estate as a uh, – as an investment opportunity, as a retirement type deal, and kind of supplemented my income that way. Well, <laughs> finally, just I finally was just able to uh, to just make the jump. Yeah, I, I, mindset changed enough that I need to be an entrepreneur. I need to to put everything I got into this and uh, and find a way to make things happen. And so that's how I made the jump. I hurried up and got my real estate license in a month. And, Damn! Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was wild. I, I know I got a bunch of buddies that are in real estate, and, mm-hmm. and I've seen a couple, a bunch of guys go through it, and I know what it takes. So a month is fast as shit. I tell you what, uh, it's amazing what you're capable of when you're motivated to get something done. There you go. You know, there you go. The coaching mentality right there. That's for right. Got to motivate yourself. Yep. So, so was there anybody that um, <clears throat> like did your wife like? recommend real estate did you see something did somebody talk to you about it or was it just like you saw something like you know what i'm going that route well um you know the rich dad poor dad yeah stuff with robert kiyosaki yeah yeah um basically i started looking around in that the majority of people that make good money in this country they're are based off of real estate investments right and i started doing more research on that and you've got you know, the investment where somebody is paying off your debt for you, like mm-hmm. if you'd have rental properties, properties. Yeah. Um, you can then write off the depreciation. Mm-hmm. Uh, ta- it's a huge tax shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's how you, it's, it's, I was like, well, how, why did I not do this before? Like, yeah. why, yeah. why was I not building wealth like this before? And so that, that's where I kind of started thinking about it. And I was like, well, why not get in as a real estate agent? I can find, the deals right up front yeah you know and uh obviously i'm not there at that point yet however getting the experience and doing Mm. this this way like the sky's the limit like that's that's a beautiful thing about real estate is as i started learning more about it the the potential is limitless yeah and i've never had you know i coach coach it to my kids all these years Mm -hmm. you know how about you know the slight edge like if you've ever read that book the slight edge that you you do something 
Um, I have not read that one. It's a good one. You need to read it. I, uh, I can't even think of who the author I mean, is. You look, look behind me and you can see I got my stack of books there. <laughs> look over there. I got my stack of books there. You got some work to do. Oh, dude. I, I'm trying. Uh, they taunt me. I they bet. sit back there like I, I come in here and I'm like, look at these books. And they're like, you haven't read me yet. Mm-hmm. You're not through with me yet. So, <laughs> yeah, they, um, and it actually is, is referenced in the one thing too, uh, a book that Gary Keller wrote. But basically, the the premise is this: is that if whatever you do today, uh, you can you can knock over a domino, right? Mm-hmm. And that domino can knock over another domino twice its size. Mm-hmm. And if you do that in succession, yeah. you can knock over a mountain eventually. Yeah. It's the one percent. Yes. Exactly. Keep one percent better every day. Every day. Yeah. And, and I started just taking that mindset, um, and that's actually uh, how I lost a lot of my weight. Mm-hmm. That way too is I, I took that mindset of, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be better, one percent better today. And mm-hmm. as it went on, through, yeah, we ended up losing about seventy some pounds. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. But I'm gaining some of it back now. If you can't tell, well, you know. <laughs> You understand it. You realize that you've done it before. You can do it again, and exactly. that happens. And changes in changes in life are not always f- like straight up and down. You know. Oh so, yeah. You may know. I wish we can get a babysitter. We we'll go to Jack's tonight and go Heck work yeah. out there. Have you been working out with him any? No, I haven't. I'm scared to death because dude, he, <clears throat> he was telling me guys are puking over there, and I'm like, <laughs> that's what I don't want to do. I kind of do. I kind of want to go see what I got. I want to go push myself that mm-hmm. much. I told some of my guys at lunch today, I was like, when was the last time you were in a fight? <laughs> you know, like, I kind of want to get a friend and be like, let's fight club it. Just, mm-hmm. you know, get the blood going. Yeah. Quit being so timid. Yeah. So, but, uh, man, you know what I think, though? And this is, uh, I'm an ordained minister. Uh-huh. And uh, by online standards, I've done a bunch of weddings, but I've, I've done, I do a lot of reflection and stuff like that. And the thing I'm hearing, though. Uh-huh. I think you're meant to be better. Mm-hmm. And your daughter and her blessing mm-hmm. was this was what was given to you to say, nah, Troy, you got to be better. You're better than this. Mm-hmm. You can go do something better. Mm-hmm. It, it's great. You love coaching. You love doing all stuff. But go do something bigger. Mm-hmm. Go do something better. Because you'd, you'd have probably been still staying. If you'd yeah. had the baby, you'd probably still been, and everything was fine and good, you'd have been... Yep. I'm just going to be coach still here. Yay, rock and roll. And I think that kind of push you. I, I believe things happen in the world, and that's just the way I try and view things. When something bad happens, I'm not trying to say, why is this happening? I'm like, yeah. why is this happening for me? Yeah, exactly. So that situation, you're like, man, I've, I've got this. i got to find. Okay, I'm paying 80 hours coaching, or I can go do something else. And this yeah. is something that, you know, I'm, I want to build for my family. Mm-hmm. And you say, you know, you you want to do that and that's a way but that was a i think that was a universe's kick into your to say go do this yeah go try something else it really was because what i what i failed to mention is that i have that has inspired me to where i want there to be a legacy like i don't want to just be you know Mm -hmm. okay for for my standards and for yeah but i want basically my daughter to choose to work because she wants to work, mm-hmm. but have no need to. Like that, basically, dad's businesses, yeah, and his holdings, 
is just so has created so much wealth that wealth that there is a legacy in place that nobody in the chase family ever has to worry about money ever again you know what i mean go to church uh, it's a but sometimes, Didn't not we? as much as I should. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this, huh? Mm-hmm. St. Mary's? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's... Have you done Dave Ramsey? Uh, I've I've heard Dave Ramsey, uh, where, you, where you eliminate the, the debt. Yeah. Yeah. But his mindset on money. Mm-hmm. It'll change you. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's like, oh, money's evil. Money's all stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. No. The love of money. Exactly. Whether... But what you're saying is the stewardship of it. Like you yeah. want to build this for your family, for this, and what you can do, mm-hmm. and what you can give, mm-hmm. and what you can do. I don't know if you may not want to give, but oh, I want to give. That that's the thing. Like I said, is that like the center mm-hmm. for hearing and speech? Like yeah, because I, I I was not in a position to to be able to do anything for for myself or my family, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to be in a position where I can do that for other people mm-hmm. who are in that position. Yeah, you know, like that is that is seriously my passion. Like. Yeah, I don't want anyone to have to worry about money ever again. How about that? That's fine. You know, that's great. Yeah, that that's ideal. Yeah, because when you, so many people think it's a bad thing to have mm-hmm. money. It is. My dad is. He's still, after many conversations with him, he still feels that way. Really? Yes. See, my dad is complete opposite. Mm-hmm. My dad's made a shit ton of money. Not a shit ton, but he's he's done really well for what he's done, and uh. But it's so he lives a very simple life. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, like I'll hear about something he's done, and I'm like, "Really? That was nice. That was cool. Mm-hmm. That was, you know." And, and it's happened. And it's come through. And trying to lead that same way, like when I when there's something I know that me and my wife can do, pray about it. We do it, and surprisingly, it comes back. But that's just, you know, we're getting a little Christian in here. We are, yeah. But that's that's kind of how I, that's the way I view things and I look at things. And I don't mind, like, personally, just myself is I've I've come to this where it's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to give this over to something else. Mm Mm-hmm. But let's, let's we can talk about that somewhere else. I'm down (laughs) the I'm probably going to come back to it. So, so you you got into real estate. Mm Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing it now? I started, I still remember the day I got my license, October 17th. So I've been in about seven, eight months now. Okay. Are you enjoying it? Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Uh, everybody I run into that I used to work with, mm-hmm. they're like, man, you're like so much happier. Like, I thought you were a pretty happy guy already. Like, you already went mm-hmm. everywhere with a big smile on your face. But you are like genuinely happy right now. And I love that. That's Be- good. Because I feel like I'm I'm giving that energy to mm-hmm. other people. And I love it. Yeah. Sales is a great thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I'm in sales and, you know, being a real estate agent, you're in sales, you're but what you're able to do with it is is a fun thing. Yeah. So what you uh, what's something you're what's something that you thought Mm -hmm. was a certain way in in real estate, but it's turned out to be like, oh, no, I had that completely wrong. Oh, so much. I uh, top three, (laughs) top three. Uh, First off, uh there's a lot more paperwork involved than I ever thought there was. <laughs> Just going to say that. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually got it narrowed down. I've written like six or seven offers this past week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they're about 30 to 40 pages per. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got it now shaved down to an hour. I, my productivity coach, uh, she knocks them out in like 15 minutes. But uh, 
I'll tell you what, the first time, it took a full day to uh, to do yeah. paperwork the first couple times I did it. It's wild. You have a productivity coach? Yeah, I got a productivity coach. Really? Yeah. Local here or? What's that? Are they local here or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't, productivity coach within our, our market center, within okay. our office. All right. They don't just send us off uh, willy-nilly. Willy yeah. yeah. There's a process. Yeah, yeah. I, it's basically like training wheels. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once you once you've closed enough transactions, they they let you yeah f- fly the nest. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I always reach back to her, you know, because she's she's guided my hand along the way and, and helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate her. That's Kimberly Gibbons. She's she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing that's been crazy about real estate, I thought that um, I thought that real estate agents just sit on their butt all day. And just look at the MLS or the HAR or whatever, and just I like this house, I like that house, I like this house, I like that house, and then just send it to whatever clients they have. And uh, this is just not the case. Like, I mean, sure, there might be a few out there, but they're not very productive. Yeah. But uh, it's amazing, like how quickly having five or six clients at the same time, how quickly it it. it it all gets jumbled in your head, like what they're looking yeah. for, and you and you send that stuff out. I actually prefer them to uh, to to send me houses, and then we yeah. go take a look because most of the time when I send them stuff, they're like, "This this this has got this," and I, no no, we don't want to do that. It's, yeah, you're trying to you have to be really good at understanding somebody's tastes and wants and needs, and you have to ask a ton of questions. questions yes sir yeah. and it is it's questions 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 i got a book uh my my boss uh I, I was him and i would always trade books back and forth and stuff like that i'm like hey i'm looking for a new book and there's a book called a beautiful question mm-hmm. and the whole thing is like shut up ask questions, questions. ask questions and it, it's a game changer whenever and, and it kind of like i'm always like look i'm probably gonna I'm going to probably aggravate the hell out of you, but I'm going to ask a bunch of questions. So, and yeah. I try and do that on here too. And, uh, well, you know, what's funny is you say that, but what is the one thing that everybody wants to talk about themselves? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Bunch of narcissistic bastards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but, but that's what you tap into when you ask all those questions, you know, mm-hmm. they, you, you create that rapport. Yeah. And uh, and they and people really enjoy that when you ask those those questions. And so, um, that's what's funny too is one of the things I do a lot that that everybody makes fun of me for is I do door knocking. Even though you know on the Marbella website everybody gets really mm-hmm. really upset about that. Um, what's people, door knocking for people who don't know? Door knocking is being. I think it's being super brave. Um, not so much anymore mm-hmm. now that I've done it. But basically, you you go and you just knock on people's doors and you i provide information about the neighborhood but uh what like the adt guys <laughs> that get blasted yeah. on the group uh you know the the pest, the pest control, control yeah <laughs> they're the going trying, exactly they're trying to go and sell something to you like right now this moment uh-huh. and and god bless them because i've been pretty mean to them even myself oh i have yeah i just i i if don't want their crap just don't come this late yeah don't come late. Yeah. I'd rather you come. Oh, man. It, it. I don't think there's ever really a right time. No. You coming right now. My kids are asleep. It's dark outside. Are you serious? I've had that happen. Mm-hmm. I run them off. I, yeah. I go off on them sometimes. Yeah. 
Well, there, there's no. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> there's no point, honestly. <laughs> when the sun's down, yeah, let people be Leave, in their house and yeah, be with be their family. With yeah. Now, what I found actually is I do it eleven to one, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why. First off, I don't want to intrude on anybody's sleep at all, mm-hmm. whatsoever. And most of the time in the morning, people are taking their kids to school and this and that, whatever. Eleven o'clock, the kids, the stay-at-home kids, have mm-hmm. have settled down by that point, and they're starting to get towards their nap, yeah. right? Or it's or they're winding down for lunchtime, mm-hmm. and then you know I can come in and and be the guy that shows up right before lunch and and gets gives the information for uh, about the neighborhood ask some questions on how everything's going if there's anything that they would like mm-hmm. to see blah 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 is it mostly neighborhoods that like people are trying to get into um yeah i would say so um basically i picked the ones that i know the most about mm-hmm. so um just to throw them out there i obviously our neighborhood marbella mm-hmm Hidden Lakes, which is right next to us, and then Tuscan Lakes, which my parents live in. Mm-hmm. So I know quite a bit about these neighborhoods. They're in our local community. I tie in kind of what I did as a coach, where I yeah. want to help build a community. Like right. I, I want there to be a good sense of community. Yeah. And so why not do that all in the same area? So I've basically adopted East 96 mm-hmm. as as the area that I want to focus on. And uh and it's not, it's not so much just selling houses, but I also want to promote local business, mm-hmm. you know, because I love local business, the local entrepreneur, yeah, because that's what I am, yeah. you know, and I want to help build that here. I want that to come back to the community. I want people to feel that sense of community. I want them to be proud of their sports teams, to go mm-hmm. and support their sports teams. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really what I want to be a part of. Yeah. And, uh. So that's really why I picked these neighborhoods. It's a great area here. I love it. It really is. I'm from Louisiana, and when I moved here to League City, my mom was like, where the hell is League City, Texas? I'm like, <laughs> south of Houston, close to this place, Galveston. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't know Galveston. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, it's it's beautiful here. I love it. It's great. You know, school's out, y'all lock your doors. Yeah, <laughs> the hood rats are out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, I love it. I really do love it here. Uh, um, this is definitely a place I, I plan on settling because, uh, you know, I've been all over the country yeah, and, uh, I haven't found a more beautiful place in league city. So it's, I've been to some beautiful places, but a place to live. There's only one other place where I was like, man, I could probably move here, but that's completely different. That Branson, Missouri. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful place. Oh yeah. Uh, but Anyway, so what's the third thing? The third thing. I knew you were going to come back to this. I try to, dude. My <laughs> my wife will listen to this show and be like, "You just talked. You need to ask more questions. You need to you need to get back on point too, because you go off on some tangents." I'm like, "Yes, ma'am." Yeah. Well, I mean, it happens, right? Yeah. All right. The last thing, um, the last thing that I, wow, I would say. That there are a lot of starving realtors out there. Like, I thought that all realtors were just rich. Mm-hmm. And uh, come to find out, 90% of all realtors that start in the business fail their first year. Like, they are really? completely out of the business after their first year. I can see that. Yeah. Because it is one of those markets when you look at it. And it it does have that appearance of saturation. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Why aren't they successful, though? Why? 
<laughs> well, I wish. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess one personality. Two, they don't really understand the work that goes into it. Three, they don't have the people skills for it. And four, they're not willing to just go ahead and put their shit out there. Yeah, it's massive action. It is yeah. massive action. You ha- you have to do it. And that and that's the thing that's funny to me is that people in my market center, they laugh at me when I, uh, or they're just shocked that I just go and knock on people's doors. And uh, how else am I going to meet people? Yeah. You know? You I'm never- not- go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, you owe me Coke. You, oh, I do <laughs> owe you a Coke. You got me some water, though. That's good. Uh, the uh, i get you a Topo in a minute. <laughs> Topo Chico. <laughs> My wife gets back, so we'll go, we'll go laying yachting. So I love it. I love it. So anyway, I can't even remember what I was going to say. Now that's how about that. Go ahead. Oh, oh shit! I'm going to have to replay it back real quick. Uh, so we're talking about the starving people parts, people knocking on doors. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, that's where we came back to. The, you know where the, your people in your market center were. You know how are you how are you how are you going to meet people? Yeah. And that's just go door knocking. And they're like, you've already got a huge sphere of influence. You know, all these other teachers, you know, the parents, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got this big sphere. I haven't even really tapped them yet because I know that, that they're going to come to me when they need something anyways. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get all up in their face, you know? And, yeah. and really I go door knocking, not to, not to sell houses right now. I go door knocking to create a presence. Yeah. I want people to know who I am. Yeah. I, I want people to know when they see my sign, Oh, that's Troy Chase. He he's that guy that came and knocked on. He had a big smile on his face. He's really yeah. friendly. He gave us some cool information. I told him to get the fuck off my porch, and he said, <laughs> "Yes, ma'am." Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm gonna break down some simple sales. Yeah. Simple sales strategies. Mm-hmm. What you're doing, and, I, and I'm. If you don't agree, tell me. Tell me I'm dumb and shit. But here's the thing. Uh-huh. You're going around, you're going meeting people, you're becoming familiar. Mm-hmm. You want people to see your face. Yeah. You want people to know who you are. And even if it's a, hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. Mm-hmm. You know why people put, you know why real estate agents put their face all over billboards and on their cars and wrap them and all that stuff? You know why they do that? Because they want people to know, recognize their face. Mm-hmm. So whenever they see it, mm-hmm. there are several realtors in this area where my wife and I just kind of are like, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yep. But it, we know them. Yeah. You're seeing it. You name recognition. And when you think of a house, you do it. Now, mm-hmm. I got my realtor guy. He has been with me through all my houses we've purchased. He's my guy. I yeah. go to him. Yeah. No offense. I got a guy. Yeah. Uh, if there's someone else I can do or something, you never know. Uh, but that's what you want to do. You want name recognition. Mm-hmm. You want to be known. Now, the other thing you want to become is competent. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You have to be willing. You're going out putting information about the neighborhood and all this stuff, and you're not trying to get them to sell their house. You're, not, you're trying to get them, hey, uh, Troy Chase, just want to, I'm walking the neighborhood. I've got some listings here. I've got couples interested. I just have this information. I don't know if you're aware of it, but I just want you to have it very nice to meet you if I can do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, how, how long have you been here? What do you like about the neighborhood? Exactly. Well, yeah. What What are, do you know anyone that wants to move to the neighborhood? Right. Is there any place where you would move to in mm-hmm. here? Is it asking questions? Mm-hmm. Again, if you get, look on a Saturday or a Sunday, if you would walk up and you see somebody working in the yard and they're taking a break and you just walk up, you know, and you just can strike up a good conversation and ask questions, they'll tell you more information about a neighborhood than you can find on an MLS than you can find on that. You, They will straight up tell you. They got some crazy people in here. Yeah. 
Yeah. They got this happening over there. You don't want to live in that section. You don't want to buy that house. Yeah. You know, they'll tell you those things. Mm-hmm. They will. They, you know, what's funny is you say that they actually happened to me. I was about to go to a showing in Sedona, uh, mm-hmm. neighborhood over here. And, uh, right before I got there early, you know, unlike some realtors, they seem to be a little run a little late. Mm-hmm. I like to be early. I got there and, uh, I noticed this lady was taking trash out to her, um, to her, to the curb. And she was looking at me funny because I was sitting in my Jeep at the end of her driveway eating McDonald's like mm-hmm. a like a sloth, you know. <laughs> and uh, and she's like, oh, she had that look in her eye. And I decided I need to go knock on this lady's door and let her know I'm not here casing her house. Yeah. <laughs> so I go and I knock on her door and I introduce myself. And uh, I just started asking her questions about, you know, the mm-hmm. neighborhood, this little area. I noticed that there's three other houses for sale on the street. You know, is there anything going on that I need to know about? Um, you know, give me, give me a gist on the neighborhood. And she just, I mean, she's like my new best friend. Yeah. I'm going to go down there and, and say hi to her every time I'm in Sedona now, mm-hmm. because she was the sweetest lady in the world and just sat down, welcomed me into her house. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was great. She was so nice. She probably lived there forever. She probably knows mm-hmm. everything that goes on there. She's, you know, she's, she's very she knows what's happening. Exactly. That's the thing. She's in on it. Right. And the thing is, you're not afraid to talk to people. Yeah. You cannot be afraid Mm-mm. to talk to anybody. My wife is like, you will talk to anybody. I was like, yeah, I will. You never know when something will will give you that little bit of information or, you know, asking questions like, is there anybody Yashi? Is there anybody I should be interested to talk to? Or is there somebody that maybe you think would be interested in talking to me or in you never know what comes up. Yeah. But you have to put it out there. You have to go get it. Uh, one of the I've been through a ton of sales training. I've been through a lot of it. And it the training that I've been through, I'm amazed at. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm the best, but I think I'm pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously. Oh, when you look at this place, it's a beautiful home. Oh, man. Good Lord blessed me with this when I got lucky. Uh, well, he, he saw fortune on me to have it, but, you know, this was... This home was like one that me and my wife were like, God, we're going to build this home. This is going to be it. This is our second home we built. <laughs> and even right now, we're like, maybe we should move. Find something else. <laughs> That's why she keeps sending me links to stuff. And I know who I'm going to work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go work on your wife and to, to be the real estate guy. Yeah, go try. <laughs> Actually, I just sent her a property. That came, it's coming up on Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently, it's on an acre lot, and it's a big house, but... The price is going to probably be way oh, out yeah. of my league. The land right there is just that's wild. Louisiana. Yeah. So, but that's, that's, that's a sales job. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to do that, and if you're putting yourself out like, I know all this stuff, mm-hmm. that turns people off. Yeah. Quit you, telling me stuff I, that you think I should know. Mm-hmm. You need to be the guide. Hmm? You need to be the guide. You need to be Yoda. You need to be Mr. Miyagi. You don't need to be Daniel-san or, no, or Luke Skywalker, you know? I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm working on a book. Mm-hmm. And it's the good old boy book of business. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it. coming. It's going to be, it's not going to be a long read, but I've got some pages in there that I'm working on. Uh, so that's kind of the first I've mentioned about that. But a few other people I know who I've talked to and asked them questions about chapters in the book. Uh, it, it's, so that's coming out. 
that's awesome i'm excited for that actually uh because this is that's going to fill my podcast time this is when i listen to podcast time is uh is is first thing in the morning when i'm at the gym that's when i'm able to absorb Mm -hmm. uh as much knowledge i've probably read read i say i read uh uh, i listen to books i probably write i probably write around 20 books already so far this year so what's what's some good ones you listen to Ooh, i would say uh 10x by grant Grant cardone Cardone. oh my god that was that was that was awesome i love that one um the one specifically what i just mentioned we're Mm -hmm. talking about yoda and luke skywalker and all that being the guide is uh that comes from uh building a story brand by donald miller Mm-hmm. That's a really good one too. Um, never split the difference. That, that's a negotiation book mm-hmm. uh, done by a former FBI negotiator. Pretty yeah. awesome. I think I've heard that one. It's really yeah. good. You know what I'll do? I'll share with you. I've got a huge stack of a. They're called a. They're they're like six page summaries of books, mm-hmm. and I've I have a ton of them. And I'll share them with you. So, like, if there's a book you want to read, like Grant Cardone's 10X is in it, all those. But, like, you read and it's like, man, I kind of want to go dig deeper in this. Because there are some yeah. that, like, people have recommended and I read the description. And I'm like, this looks like shit. <laughs> and you go read the reviews on Amazon and I'm like, I can see why they're saying that. Yeah. I like to find little nuggets of wisdom here and there. But Yeah. I'm all about, see, and, and this was mentioned, I think Grant Cardone might have mentioned this. I don't know. I've listened to so many of the books. That are, God, it's yeah. crazy. They're all melting together. Um, but he said that he doesn't mind reading a book that he may think is crap. Yeah. Because he still ends up pulling a nugget out of there. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And so it's worth it. And that, and I think that's, I think it is 10 X is where he was talking about that, that rich people or people that are successful buy books and read books. books. They see it as an investment. Yeah. You know, and, uh, one of the big things is like I listen, I drive a lot. So I listen to podcasts. I listen to books. I need to get back to listening to books. But at night, I like just putting 10 pages away. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, just to pull it out of a book, 10 pages, knock it out. I'm reading Jesse Eisler's uh, Living with Monks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who that is? No, I don't. But that sounds actually interesting. Uh, so Jesse Eisler, he's the owner of the New York. He's like the New York Knicks. Uh, he did Vitamin Water. He had the book Living with a Seal mm-hmm. uh, where he had David Goggins. Before Goggins oh, blew up, Goggins, yeah. he came and lived with him for 30 days and like whooped his ass into shape mentally. The book Living with Monks is where he's like trying to break out all the his like screen addiction and all this other stuff to try and recenter his mind and focus on how he approaches things uh, self-development wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think where. Yeah, we got. I've got some books back there. Man, it was really cool. Somebody in the neighborhood, uh, they uh. They get, they just put a bunch of books out, and I went through, and I was like, oh, I had given away like five books to friends, and like they were there, and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to read them again, so they were there, and I was like, cool, grabbed them. Yeah. Uh, what else are you? What's the best book you've read? The best book I've read, gosh, I would say honestly, I mentioned this before, The Slight Edge, um, and now I remember the author is Jeff Olson, mm-hmm. and. I think that was the best one. That actually was the one that really started um, propelling my mindset change. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd heard that the University of Iowa, uh, the year they made that run to the Big Ten Championship mm-hmm. or whatever, the entire team read that book that yeah. previously that off season, and it changed all their mindset. But basically, it, it again plays into the get one percent better every day. Like yeah. do do little things, do them well, 
and do and and build on that and you're just going to get that much better every day mm-hmm. and if you continue doing that massive things can happen so like yeah basically uh i'll do today what other people won't mm-hmm. tomorrow i'll do what other people can't yeah you know that kind of thing yeah that, that's that's what it takes and it takes bold actions and going back to you know like you said you did with your parents said because mm-hmm. that's what your parents knew mm-hmm. you're gonna tell there's some there's some little bits of wisdom throughout years that are still stable but you know like for your parents are probably like get a good job become a coach and a teacher they've got that retirement they mm-hmm. you can do that and all stuff what they didn't tell you was that you're kind of stuck there yeah nowadays gates are open for everything yeah it's i mean there there's it's the wild west now of entrepreneurism and and making things happen mm-hmm. people are like oh I listen to my family and, and gary vaynerchuk says it yeah screw your parents mm-hmm. screw your friends screw your neighbors screw the wisdom go do what needs to be done guess what they're gonna you i'm gonna say it just that you know people are in your marketplace are saying like why are you door knocking nobody does that and everything right nobody does it i'm gonna go do it exactly that's the mindset you, i took i'm gonna go find that diamond in the rough i'm gonna go do that you're darn right that's exactly you why know? i do it is because no one else will do it if mm-hmm. no one else will do it then that's prime it's who was the first realtor they put their face on their wrap their vehicle on it okay i still think that's dumb <laughs> No offense, but don't do that, dude. Don't yeah. don't be that guy. No. I don't want to pull up, you know. You know, Jack Jack would probably tell you, because I remember when I was, I was actually in Jack's office, he was adjusting my back because I messed my back up mm-hmm. lifting. And he said, that was the funniest thing. And funny you mentioned that, because he said the very first thing is you need to wrap your car. Oh, shut up, Jack. <laughs> wrap it with something cool like yeah. laser beams and, or something like that, you know. Yeah. Oh. Uh, my goofy face is not going to sell me sell real estate. I'll tell you that. No offense, you're not that pretty. I mean, you've got a great personality. Uh-huh. You're, you're a good looking it. guy. Appreciate but, it. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not going to sell houses, <laughs> especially with the competition that you see on the billboards in the area. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just about they're they're way better looking than me. Uh, yeah. So I don't need <laughs> There's a market share. <laughs> I remember uh, whenever I first moved here and I moved in, and all of a sudden it's like Delva. And I just, because I passed her billboard every day. I'm like, what's up, Delvin? And I found out Delva lived in my apartment complex. And I was like, hell yeah, Delva. I'd see her every day. And I was just like, Delva, how you doing today? And everything. She's like, oh, I'm great. And I, I talked Did to she her. wear that hat? Did yes. She, she does she all the time? She had that hat. That's awesome. That's Not how you that. see her. That's I how haven't you know seen her. her in forever. I don't know if she's even still around or the mm. billboard's up. But, yeah. you know, that, that was brand recognition. But nowadays, there's so many different ways oh, to yeah. do it. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, things like that. And I'm sure they've got your coaches in there telling this is how you've got a, this is the program we put you in. It seems like everybody I know who mm-hmm. became a realtor, and look, I'm not I'm not knocking this, but this is just my observation, yeah. is once they become a realtor, then there's Troy Chase, realtor, like yeah. my page. Yeah. I got it. You want to build, you want to build a brain, you want to build a following, you want to build that. Somebody's got to step out and do something a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got to like, Break the mold of what's so common to see. Yeah. You know, I totally like, agree. Who's the first person that decided, we're, I'm going to do a drone flyover. Now, what do you see? Everybody has a drone flyover. Yeah. You ever need one? I got a drone one. I, so I love flying that song, bitch. I, I, dude, I, I have one myself. Mm-hmm. And talk about a, like a man toy. Like oh, that is like the God, best yeah. man toy ever. I almost took off my dad's head with it. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I crashed it. I crashed it the very first time. Uh, oh. I did. You know how you can uh, you can pitch it yeah. sideways. Yeah. Well, instead of turning it to be able to uh-huh. to go in a direction, I pitched it sideways and I pitched it right into one of the uh, coach oh, lights by my house. Dang. And it, Kicked it down to the ground. Oh, dude, I've I've ran mine into trees and shit like that. And we, we when it's a thousand dollars flying around, yeah. it kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah, should get a couple. Of, I know there's a couple of guys in the neighborhood. We should all get together and like, all right, guys, we're gonna practice this, you know, or yeah. get get that good on that. But yeah, you know, I don't think I see enough realtors doing Instagram mm-hmm. like enough, like mm-hmm. showing things and features and stuff like that yeah. and uh, information. Put out information. Mm-hmm. Give it, let them know like. All right, here's your top neighborhoods in this area. This is what you can expect. This is what the return is. This is what you're going to get into. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Oh, I I used to be a banker also. Mm -hmm. And I was was in banking when the whole, like, they were doing 80-20 financing, get you whatever you want, stated income, realtor. The realtors were closing deals. The broker, the finance companies were making money and all this stuff, and then the whole thing busted. Do you still see people... Like when they come in, that you know, how's the how are people looking financially mm-hmm. at houses nowadays? Are they being more conservative, or is it like this is the top of my budget? I want the, you know, it depends. Um, because the, there's a lot of people out there. Um, and there's, there's my neighbors across the street. Um, they're great. Uh, they they don't want to be house poor. Like yeah. they specifically stated that they do not want to be house poor because they like to travel and do this and that. And it really, it depends. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I'm okay with being house poor because this is my mindset with that. Is that if I live in paradise, every day is a vacation, you know? You ever heard of a little band called the Dirty Heads? No. Oh, dude. Dirty Heads have a song called Vacation. Uh-huh. And the line of it is, it starts off, hey, 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 I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, hey, hey. The video is great because it's a whole throwback to say by the bell, Mr. Belding's in it. Oh, man, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, I got my boys hooked on that song playing it. Uh, <laughs> but I can understand it. I'm kind of like, I, I got to, I try and work in ratios. Yeah, and that's something that I was taught. You know, working a ratio, be it be at this percentage of it, this percentage, because you know if you're trying to save fifteen percent of your income and your house is twenty percent of your income and your utilities are this and all the other things, and this is what you got to work with. Mm-hmm. And the ratios never lie. Yeah, they 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 will always be there. Oh so, yeah. Uh, the, my house here, it's it's mediocre on what my ratio is. Mm-hmm. It, it's like right at the point where I want it to be. Yeah. So. And it's appreciated, and you know, I look at it as a, I look at it as a liability. Though a lot mm-hmm. of people look at real estate as an investment mm-hmm. and a asset, mm-hmm. I look at it as a liability. Mm-hmm. And that was something. My dad was a banker. My dad's mm-hmm. a finance guy forever. So he tells me, he goes, houses are a fucking liability. People try and put it as an asset. I'm like, you owe money on it. Yep, that's a liability. Mm-hmm. You got to sell it if you need to. Yeah, unless it's paid off and you can go get something out of it. No, but yeah, I just wonder about that. You know, if people are, if people are, but I guess it, things haven't changed. Mm-hmm. People are going to, if they can get that much, they'll go get a house that much. Or if they don't want to, they'll go get something smaller. And Yeah. Lenders, lenders have gotten really, well, I think the, the law has forced them to, to be that way. But I also, the people I work with, they don't want to get anybody in trouble mm-hmm. financially anyways. That's why I work with them and not yeah. with sharks. 
Um, but but basically, they, the ratios where you, your debt to income ratio, they mm-hmm. do not allow you to get in trouble. So you, there's no such thing really as reaching anymore. I did notice uh, there was a zero percent down loan recently. Um, but yeah, I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not pushing anybody that. That's that's just that's just asking for trouble. But is it interest only? Or is it? I'm not 100 percent sure because when I when I first started looking at it, it, it scared the crap out of me because yeah. it does. It sounds like one of those old balloon yeah type deals where you're just paying on uh, you on pay the interest. interest for a year and then at the end it balloons payment and then mm-hmm. you got to restructure it into a conventional or FHA or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Bring something to the table. Yeah. That's why everybody walked away in like 08 and 09. Mm-hmm. They financed 80. They financed 80 to 20. They had nothing down, mm-hmm. stated income. They were only paying interest. So essentially, you're paying rent. Mm-hmm. And people walked away. Yeah. And that's why you had all these houses. Builders were getting money left and right. They oh, were yeah. doing it. But then these homes were. Yeah. And then they say sat vacant. Yeah. And then. And then, then they became decrepit, and then mm-hmm. you had to knock them down, and then you, you know, a lot of people got rich. Yeah, a lot of people got poor. Mm-hmm. And so, For, and you know, funny thing is, is that you know where I see most of that it happened to be in Florida. Yeah, I feel like there was a ton of predatory uh, loaning and stuff going on out there. Oh yeah, yeah, because that's where everybody, all the retirees were moving to, and mm-hmm. uh, Fl- Florida's its own crazy state. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, they they that happened a lot and I watched it. I saw I saw mortgage brokers like bounding in, close the six hundred thousand dollar deal and all this stuff and like I'm looking at the paperwork for it and I'm like Oh my god. There's no way they can afford that. No. Oh well you, you add back all this no, no, you don't add back mm-hmm. that stuff. I I did underwriting and I'm mm-hmm. looking at this and I'll never forget we're in a deal, and I was the underwriter on it. The loan officer has it. And he's he's talking about what a great deal it was and all this stuff. And the president of the bank turns around and looks at me and goes, Buster, you underwrote this deal, huh? Yes, sir. What do you think? <laughs> I said, to be honest, this guy's credit's so bad, I wouldn't take cash from him at this point. Oh and the lender looked at me and like, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And the president turned around and he looked at everyone. And he says, "That's the smartest damn thing I've heard about this deal." Yeah. He said, "Look at this deal, y'all. It is not smart. This guy's leveraged to the hill. He's making every single payment." They're like, "Oh, but he's a well-known attorney." I was like, "He is one bad case away from like just being everything." And guess what happened? It fell out. Three years later, it fell out. Mm-hmm. Luckily. They had gotten out of their position with him. They pissed him off on that deal, and he went somewhere else, mm-hmm. which every every developer, I'll go somewhere else. Go. Yeah. Have fun with that. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, yeah, that's, <laughs> we went down this road a little <laughs> bit too far. Let's put it in reverse and come back a yeah. little bit. So, yeah. So what do you enjoy about a real estate? What do you, what, what's something, you know, have you, have you closed some houses? Have you got yep. it done? Yep. What's, what's that feeling like when you get that person in that house? It's huge. Or you sell that house for a person. It's huge because whatever journey we were on, like it starts with something. It starts where they want something, right? Like they uh-huh. have some some vision that they want to be able to accomplish, right? And then through the process, uh, they achieve this 
this dream. I mean, honestly, it, that's how I mm-hmm. see it. Because think about it. When you buy a house, that's your biggest investment yeah. that you make, right? Yeah. And and to, to have, and you're going to live in it. You're going to look at these walls every night. And I just don't want them to be looking at those walls and being like, that damn Troy Chase sold me this piece of crap house. Damn yeah. him. You know? So I want them to, to, to feel great about this decision that they make right mm-hmm. and and that's the that journey and then where they end up that that final destination they get to live in that now yeah you know and i think that that's really exciting that mm-hmm. that this the journey that because i'm i'm trying to make it easy right mm-hmm. like that's the one thing about real estate that i want to be able to make the transaction itself easy Mm-hmm. right because because it is it's kind of scary because it is it's the biggest investment that you'll make yeah uh probably in your life it is scary so when you sit down and you start signing those papers mm-hmm. like a piece of your soul starts to go into that yeah. pen right yeah in fact <laughs> look you see that right there yeah i was reviewing that the other day that's my hood uh-huh. that's all my paperwork right there wow big, thick thing uh-huh Wow. How many signatures are on that? All that information. I ain't never read through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I know the concept. I sign this paper. I give you money. You give me a payment. Next thing you know, it's sold off to someone else. And I come home. I pay the taxes. I pay the escrows and all that other stuff. And boom, here I am. Mm-hmm. Then my wife decides she wants to paint everything. And I got to just try and cry in the garage. <laughs> you know, but it, it yeah. is. Yeah. It is a dream. Yeah. Whenever we decided, you know, we were talking with, we, we built another house here in Marbella. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the realtor, he, we were talking to him, and I just asked him, I was like, you know, what's, what do you think I can get for it? Mm-hmm. And he came back, and he said, let's sit down and look at it. So he came back. He's like, this is what you can essentially sell your house for. Mm-hmm. This is on the high end. He says, to be honest, I expect you'll get 3% less than what we listed at. Mm-hmm. I go, okay. It's like, if we get 3% less, I'm good. Yeah. We had been... We had put a good chunk down we did everything right we did what we thought was right and what we we're supposed to and it, i mean they had houses all around us mm-hmm. for sale mm-hmm. and we put ours for sale and in 21 days we were under contract yeah and we're like holy shit because then we started building this one mm-hmm. and that was like eight months nine months that we yeah got you got to, nowhere to go right yeah so I, luckily i had a buddy of mine that uh he had just he was renting his house and we just rented that in Seabrook and we built this we were talking about like you know we want to live on the water we want to I want a big back patio three car garage you know Mm -hmm. all the little things I wanted a pot filler I got a pot filler in my kitchen people come over and they're like I want that I was like you should have built it with that then because it's a bitch to get got it free though because I because I raised enough hell nice yeah I told the builder like whenever we signed everything uh, (laughs) we were at the meeting like signing the papers and everything and I Signed and did this, and uh, the girl brought in these. Like, and this is the builder. I was like, "How you doing, Buster Gabler? Nice to meet you. You're gonna hate me for the next nine months." <laughs> what? I was like, the first house, I was too nice. This house, I'm gonna be on your ass. I'm your worst nightmare. Yeah, and I was. Yeah, it's good. It's Sometimes good. you gotta be the bad guy. You do, and you know what? And that's funny because that was one of the things that I had a hard. T- I have a hard time with because I want to be liked, right? Yeah, and uh, so one of the, you know. I had a hard time being the bad guy, but I've, I've quickly become like when I fight for something, when I, when I have a purpose for why I'm doing it, mm-hmm. it's become a whole lot easier Yeah, because I'm, I'm tired of being walked over, you know, yeah. 
Have you ever read uh, Nor Mr. Nice Guy? No. Read that book. Yeah, I need to. That book will like change your mind. Yeah. It'll it'll you'll read it and you'll be like, I do that because mm-hmm. I like to be liked. Yeah. I like to be. Uh, you you know me. I was on the board here for a while. Yeah. And I'd hate that when someone disagreed. Yeah. Or like I'd be like, no no no, let me let me help. And then I I read that book there and somebody was like, I don't think you're right. I was like, I don't give a damn what you think. Mm-hmm. You don't know what like I'm gonna be honest with you. You have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. You have an, a speculation. You have a guess. You do not have the information. And I said that one time, and they were like, <gasps> and I was like, I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cut that shit out. Yeah. That's a good book. Read that one. I need to. I need to. I feel like. I feel like that's kind of the. That was kind of ingrained in me being part of the school system because mm-hmm. as a teacher or whatever you you're always wrong. Yeah, all the time. You're always wrong. So uh you have to learn to uh to take criticism from all uh all sources. Yeah. And just put a smile on your face because because you're a government employee or school employee mm-hmm. or whatever, you can't ever show anything negative out. Yeah. So you just grin and bear it and I just I couldn't handle that anymore. Yeah. You know. It it takes a part of you out mm-hmm. and it does and it, it does you no favors no no you know you just get walked over you just get walked over and, and they they say you're a team player and all that but really you're just a no, pushover you're not a team player yeah yeah team player will tell someone like you're you're wrong yeah no yeah i i, I try to I tell my wife this all the time i'm like the the biggest the hardest things that you learn in developing yourself and developing in business and entrepreneurship is that one, you got to tell people no. Mm-hmm. And two, sometimes it doesn't matter if someone likes you. Mm-hmm. You have to be honest. Yes. Because here's the thing. Somebody will tell you something because that's their opinion and that's their view and they want they want you to believe it so much and understand and th- no, this is the way it should be and all this stuff. And no, you're wrong. You're wrong. But guess what? At the end of the day, that person's going home to their house mm-hmm. and everything. And all that. And you're going to be stuck with their decision? And you're unhappy? Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that you're going to be stuck with that. And why Why do yeah. you have to deal with that? When it, a very simple no yeah. could have solved all your problems. Because think about the anguish, the mental anguish that you go through yeah. when, you, when you submit in that particular yeah. situation. And you didn't. You didn't want to do it. You do it anyways, and then you just struggle. Through. I mean, I can. Yeah. I'm just gritting my teeth, just thinking about how just miserable yeah. that is. You know. Yeah. And all it took was a no. Nope. Or a. Thanks for that information. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm gonna go do what I want. Yeah. My, my mom would always, you know, she's like, I don't understand it. You'd always tell us yes and all this stuff, and then you just went and did what you wanted. I was like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. I did what I, it's not that I did what I wanted, but I made the decision based on what was best for me, mm-hmm. not because of what you felt, because no offense, you don't live with it. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I see, and we're going to jump into another, is in relationships. And I've talked to people before where they're, they're talking like, yeah, and my husband does this or my wife does that and they do this and it pisses me off and they do all this and they're telling this to their friends and to their mom and to all this other, everyone else, I'll tell everyone else. And when you ask them, have you told that to your spouse, your mm-hmm. boyfriend, your girlfriend, have you told them that? Oh no. 
mm-hmm. you're the problem. Yeah. You will not, you will go talking that, and that's the same thing, like you will go talking shit to everyone and you'll, you'll let everyone know your frustration and all that stuff, but then you'll come back and you'll stew in it. Yeah. Instead of just going up to your spouse and being like, hey, I got to be honest. Mm-hmm. You leave your shit on the floor and I got to walk over and pick it up. Please, can you pick it up? Mm-hmm. Or like, you never do the dishes, you know, have an open conversation with it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, be willing to take that. And I'm guilty of that. I will say that because, because this, there's a specific, I'm, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> there was a time where, cause I got a little chihuahua and that dog, like, oh, love it and hate it, you know? Yeah. Uh, she poops on the floor pretty pretty religiously like if there's anything that that dog does all the time consistently is it's poop on the floor luckily mm-hmm. it's you know chihuahua and it's little yeah. and it's easy to clean up kick it on the couch exactly <laughs> <laughs> no that would wear me out i would lose my mind knowing that that was under the couch and there wasn't being taken care of well there was a time where uh i, I noticed that the dog had pooped on the floor and it was right by where my wife had to walk past, like she had to physically walk uh-huh. past it, look right at it, ignore it, and not clean it up. And I decided that I was gonna let it go for, I wanted to see how many days it would go mm-hmm. before she picked it up. And it never happened. And you know what's funny? And, and you just mentioned it. Why didn't I just say something? Yeah. You know, and I just let it go. And it just, I got so mad each day that passed yeah without it being picked up you were done and she didn't give a damn yeah she didn't care no not at all that's one of those things where like learning how to learning how to approach a situation Mm -hmm. is so critical like oh my god did you see the poop on the floor yeah did you didn't pick up the poop what are you waiting for Oh, you were going to get gloves, weren't you? You were mm-hmm. going to go get, you are going to pick up the poop, huh? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of those things, disarming a situation. Yes. People, people come too quick at people yeah. nowadays. Okay. You saw the sidewalk chalk thing, huh? Mm, oh, yes, I did. I okay. sure did. Here's my opinion. Uh-huh. Somebody did sidewalk chalk. Some sprinklers or rain happened and got washed away and people get offended. I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. People are too damn quick to be a, get offended and then want to be uh God, there's another book about this where it's like, I want, no, 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 it wasn't a book. Victim. They want to be validated for their victimhood. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it it drags other people down. Mm-hmm. And it makes other people, you know, it makes other people crazy. Mm-hmm. It stirs everyone up and yep. it takes away yeah. from other people. Yeah. So just that one mm-hmm. where you're like bashing your neighbor about, oh, they were... They might have been out of town, mm-hmm. but now pe- you've gotten people riled up with these people, and guess what? These people might be out of town, yeah. and their sprinkler system might have went off, or the gardener or somebody might have done something to get that going, and now people hate these people. Mm-hmm. They don't like them. They think they're horrible people. They think they need to get the stick out of their butt. Instead of maybe thinking like, man, they're out of town because something bad happened, or they just don't know, or maybe it's an elderly couple, or you don't know. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. Seriously. And, and you know what's funny? You mentioned that, too. I think Tony Robbins, I don't know the exact time. I think it's either three seconds or 30 seconds, but he says, you only, when you, when you're a victim, you have three seconds or 30 seconds, whatever to feel like a victim. And then you got to find a way to, to move on past that because you can't, 
what are you doing by being a victim? Yeah. Nothing. All you're doing is sitting there stewing in your own misery yeah. and no problems getting solved. Let's yeah. find a way to solve this problem and let's move on. You know? Now, here's the, here's how I would handle that. Mm-hmm. And you're completely right. Mm-hmm. Three seconds, be a victim for three seconds, but then move on. Yeah. I would have taken a picture of that. Like, mm-hmm. the picture is like, my kids love drawing. Mm-hmm. We're running out of space. Any place that they can draw, don't go draw in the parking lot of the pool. Go do that. You know, go. go. Why does it have to be? People just want to be. They want that like. They want that click. They want that. Mm-hmm. That You're right. Instant in, social validation. Right. And in church, they talked about this. Where like, you going around being a victim can poison the water. Yeah. And we know people who are always a victim. Mm-hmm. I mean, always. The world's after me. Mm-hmm. They hate me. All this, I don't know why I'm doing this like that, but that's just how I'm. <laughs> I love it. You're, you got so, you really got into that. I really like that. Yeah. But you know, that's the thing. Why, why are you? Just why? Yeah, Buster. My you, question is this: Is like when you run into those people all the time, do you ever? Do you, do you do you trust really what they say when they're constantly no. a victim? Hell no. Mm-hmm. And then would you ever do business with those people? No. Because you can't trust them, right? Like no. they're always going to find an excuse or a reason why they, something didn't get done or whatever. Yeah. You know? And and the sad thing is is that they don't even realize that. Like they no. are like removing themselves from. Because they got a friend who instead of saying like, look, I'll be honest with you, you need to calm down. <laughs> yeah. They've got friends going like, you're so right. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. Yeah. I remember what we used to say when people, our buddies would do this and we'd say, dude, slow your roll. Yeah. Slow your roll. Like you're, you're, you're going down that path where my, you're turning into a victim, right? Like just my, calm down. Mine is calm down turbo. Yeah. Yeah. Slow down turbo. Yeah. You know, it just, that's it. Slow down. I'm going to get a shirt, put that on a shirt. Slow down turbo. There you go. Uh, you know, yeah, no, I the victim, the victim stuff, it just it, it, it wears me out because, again, what does that do to solve any problems? And if everybody's being a victim and if everybody's contributing to the validation of that, is that solving anything or is it just no. pointing out something and getting people fired up? Yeah, the church one that they brought out was you know, you might have somebody who goes to a church and Maybe they don't get it out. They don't get what's out of it. They don't enjoy it. They don't do something. Mm. And instead of just being like, hey, thanks for having us. We're going to go try something new. What they do is they go and they start telling everybody, oh, well, that preacher did this and that preacher doesn't do this. And because of your own personal beliefs, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Personal beliefs, they're personal beliefs. They're not anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Leave it alone. And then they're going to go tell someone, well, they did this. And and somebody who may be getting something out of it and enjoy it be like, oh, I guess I am not looking at it right. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you're looking at everything right. Mm-hmm. God, we went down another rabbit hole on this. So. Yeah, we did. I mean, we could do this all online, I think. Yeah. We're already an hour and 22 minutes into Holy it. Cow. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, man, I think we're going to have to cut it on this one. Heck uh, yeah. Only got so much bandwidth. I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. We'll just have <laughs> so to break it up into we will, we parts. Will. We're going to get a couple of the guys in the hood together. Yeah, oh, yeah. I want to I do that like once a month, get a couple of guys here and just have a roundtable discussion on life and the shit. And, you know, enjoy that stuff. So, yeah. But, 
Uh, Troy, man, thanks for coming by. Thanks for talking. Uh, tell everybody how they can find you. If you're looking for a realtor, you're moving into the Clear Lake Galvis, in the Clear Lake uh, League City area. Troy, how do they find you? Well, uh, you can. First of all, you're you're going to you see can my join his Facebook page, Troy Chase Realtor. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and I'm going to work on that Instagram account, by the way. Uh, and you can uh, you can also be like. Would you rather have this option or that option in ours? Uh-huh. I see that one so much all the time. I'm Yo, like, yeah. oh, please quit. Everybody quit using the same thing. Yes, seriously. You know, that's what it is. That's that's the thing that gets it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Real quick. If everybody's doing it, it's not original. Yes. It's not. Find. I'm going to challenge you, man. Yeah. Find something original. Mm-hmm. You know, so find something that's like, oh, man, this would be really interesting to know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, so that's part of why I started doing, I don't know if you've noticed, but on, on Facebook, uh, I started doing, uh, the neighborhood statistics. Mm-hmm. I started doing uh, live videos on that where I break it down by neighborhood Cool. and sending those, uh, basically everybody's sharing those out like, uh, the, you know, the hidden lakes group, mm-hmm. the Marbella group, yeah. uh, Tuscan lakes group, they get shared out and it, and it gets a bunch of views or whatever. But, um, I'm going to keep doing that as like market updates. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing I am going to do is I'm going to do a YouTube channel where yeah. I start uh, talking about the journey of this first year of real mm-hmm. estate. And I'm, I'm eight months in, so it's just going to That's great. Start you from start from the beginning. Yeah. I wish somebody, you, you know what you know what it needs to do? Mm-hmm. You need to come out there and you need to just tell people straight up, hey guys, if you're looking for these things, let me be real with you. Mm-hmm. Here's where your budget's going to start being at. Yeah. If you're if you're looking for five bedroom, four bath on the water, here's what the average That's in what that this looks area like. is. Yeah. This is what the price looks like. Yeah. Here's where you're at. Mm-hmm. Here's your choices, and here's where you're going to be living. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, you're going to live with nature way that's going to tell you to cut your grass and pull in your trash cans and paint your house and do all this other stuff. So don't be surprised mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. You know. So. John Wayne was going to <laughs> Checking something out. Yeah. Sniffing salt. So, yeah, that's the thing. Be real with people. Yeah. And honestly, oh, yeah. Like, hey, guys, I had somebody asking me about X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. If you've ever had this question, here's the answer and here's the truth. And here's if, if you've experienced it, that's what it is. That's what people need to know. Here are the questions that are being asked and here's the honest answer. I love it. I'm glad you said that because now I've got some more material that I can work with. I love that. There you go. Like, hey, you want to live in Marbella? Great. You're going to live in an HOA. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You're going to do this. You're going to Because guess what? You're going to go live in Tuscan Lakes, Hidden Lakes, and all those places. Here are the places that don't have HOAs. Mm-hmm. Do that. Yeah. Because people, people buy houses in here. How the hell do you adult? I know we're going again down another rabbit. How do you adult in life and join a buy into it and not hadn't realized you're in an HOA and be like, oh, they sent me a letter about cutting my grass and I cut it last week. I'm so mad at them. <laughs> Throw the fucking letter away. <laughs> I got my car on blocks in the in the driveway and yeah. it's been here for two weeks. Why did I get this, this letter? letter. <laughs> you're an adult. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. So, anyway. All right, everybody. Troy Chase. Troy, tell everybody how to find you. Okay. So uh, you can give me a call, 832-928-5251, all right? or text me. You know, Get I will Troy answer. Chase up on the low. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Instagram, TC Sells LC. That's, that's easy to remember, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, like Buster said, the uh, Troy Chase Realtor Agent mm-hmm. <laughs> Facebook page. Uh, and um, that's pretty much it. Just look me up. Google me. You'll find me. Okay. All right. 
All right. Troy, thanks for coming, man. Thank really you for having it. me. As always, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Good Old Boy Podcast. If you can, please go like, subscribe, and share this podcast out to your friends. And also, as I ask, go and rate this Go and rate this uh, this podcast. Rambling that we just did. Yeah, they go right. <laughs> if you're like, I can't believe they... If you're impressed the fact that we just went down this whole rabbit hole, go give us a five star and just make a comment. I appreciate it. Uh, share with your families. Share with your friends. If you are a good old boy or know a good old boy that should be on this show, please send them my way. Come on. It's real relaxed. As you know, It's not as formal as you'd think. <laughs> we have a good old time here. I'll pour you a Topo Chico. Topo Chico. And as always, y'all, as I say... Say hi to your mom and them for me.